0: We solved video distribution challenges in every industry. Now we're distributing that insight to you. This is Z-Band Tech Talk. Welcome to Z-Band Tech Talk, I'm your host Sean Heath. You know it's about that time of year conventions, meetings, uh, giant planning events are already taking place even though we're near the end of the first month and it seems like we're right at the beginning of the year. If you waited until now to start planning, man, you're behind. Well, my guest on the podcast today never falls behind. He firmly believes if you're not a month early, you're probably late, and that is Dan Helfrick from Z-Band. Dan is, of course, the vice president. Dan, how are you today? I'm
1: doing well. How are you this morning, Sean?
0: I'm doing very well. I'm really glad that you had a chance to take a few minutes. I know you're, you're crazy doing preparations for the many, many things you have to take care of. Today, I want to talk about just one thing on your plate, and I'm curious as to what percentage of the plate that covers, and that is Bixie. First off, do me a, a favor and give me a brief clarification explanation. What exactly is Bixie?
1: So Bixi is, uh, the acronym actually stands for the Building Industry Consulting Service International, which is it's quite a mouthful. Uh, but basically, it is the organization that governs how we put buildings together and really even in external infrastructures. Uh, a lot of the presentations that I've been going to, a lot of the regional meetings we did last year had conversations on 5G, conversations about fiber, uh, you're talking about distributed antenna systems so that you can get cell service within a building. So really what it is, is it's a, a standards organization that makes sure when we're putting buildings together and laying infrastructure that they're doing the best they can to make sure everything inside of those buildings is, is going to work and give you a good user experience.
0: Can you get me up to speed on what's on the upcoming Bixie calendar?
1: Sure. So the the big thing that we have is their winter meeting um which is in Tampa in in February. So I think we're about 3 weeks out from that. They have two major meetings every year, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, and like everybody else in the US, they tend to alternate back and forth between Las Vegas and Orlando Uh, this year, they are opening a new headquarters building in Tampa and they're offering a tour as part of the conference. So they're actually hosting the conference in Tampa this year versus the normal Orlando Orlando venue. Uh, But I think everything after that through 2023 is either in Las Vegas or Orlando after this meeting.
0: Now that's a pretty big um, universe, uh, the Bixie galaxy, I guess you could call it. What would you say is z Band's current spot in that galaxy?
1: So it's interesting. We're kind of finding our feet in that galaxy, and we tend to target their you know certified communications designers. I think the acronym that they go by is an RCDD, um, and those are the people that are actually designing a low-voltage infrastructure. So if I'm putting together a healthcare facility. This is the person behind the scenes and saying, okay, we need four category cable drops over here and we need power over there. We need an emergency service system. We need wireless access points. So we want to talk to those people. um, And that's where we talk to those people most of the time. The thing that we really want to talk to those folks about is getting that category cable in from the Z-band standpoint, but they also have so many other things on their plate that we're a very small part of that universe, but Bixi has this push towards ICT now, information and communications technology, and we fall very squarely into that push, and that's actually been the catalyst for us getting into a lot of these regional meetings lately and speaking at events is we are, as a video distribution company, as getting into network infrastructure and set-top boxes and some of the other things that we have on our roadmap for 2020 fall very squarely within that focus on ICT now that they have as an organization.
0: Now, you keep an eye on pretty much everything that's associated with Bixie, even if it's not specifically on your roadmap at the moment. You mentioned 5G. Why do you do that? Why do you you use such an all-encompassing focus? How does that benefit Z-Band?
1: So it's great to know what you don't know, which is the first thing. So just intellectual curiosity drives it a little bit on my end. But then also... We're an RF company. where we have an understanding and an expertise in radio frequency and how those waves work. And that RF translates through into everything that we do. So when we're talking about 5G, I mean that's actually an RF communications. Everyone thinks about it for their cell phones and data, making sure that you can stream on YouTube while you're, you know <laughs> driving your commute to work every day. I mean, hopefully you're not doing that, but probably your kid in the back seat is. Um, But that's actually RF. So we want to keep up to date on what's going on in the universe because there are opportunities for us to cross over into things that aren't strictly video. And when we took over the company in 2018, the idea was to become Z-Band Technologies, to guide ourselves away from just strictly being a video company, but more taking that understanding that we have of RF and broadening out into other places where we feel we have an expertise and a technology skill set that could be applicable to the industry overall.
0: Just one more question about 5G, uh, because it sounds so super great, awesome. Um, Is the biggest challenge to the adoption of 5G uh, from, is it coming from the infrastructure standpoint or is there some other roadblock that's not naturally obvious?
1: No, I think you got it right. So 5G is a higher frequency than what we're used to with 3G or 4G LTE. The higher frequency is going to allow you to get more data, but it's also a shorter throw. So a simple thing to be analogous to is like your Wi-Fi hotspot in your house um, is a 2.4G or 5G. If you have a big open concept living room and you've got your Wi-Fi router in the living room, you're going to get great Wi-Fi in your kitchen because it's open concept, in the living room, in the family room, in all the spaces that have great line of sight. That 5G is not going to go through walls as well. It's not going to go through floors. Uh, One of the things with buildings specifically that 5G doesn't go through very well is the tempered glass that we put on everything these days, right? They do great for helping to weatherproof the building and climate control. Um, but it also kills basically any cell signal that is attempting to enter that building. Um, So that concept applies then to 5G as we're rolling it out for cellular data services, where right now the antenna infrastructure that we have across the country is woefully inept in terms of its ability to get 5G to all of us. And uh, when we go to these Bixie meetings, some of the presentations are talking about our smart city or our city of the future, where you're actually using... Um, light poles, stoplights, things that are already existing for infrastructure as mounting devices for 5G antennas and 5G repeaters because that's sh- the only way that we have right now to actually use existing infrastructure to get 5G out. We can't just simply put a 5G transmitter on the existing cell towers and expect that the job's going to get done. There's not enough towers out there to support the, the required um, investment.
0: You mentioned the usage of tempered glass. Basically, if I understand it correctly, we're almost creating Faraday cages. That's really what we're turning our buildings into.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of wild to listen to some of the stories. Again, this isn't my particular area expertise, but you talk to folks that are building these di- distributed antenna systems within buildings, and the steel's up, the concrete's up. You've got the frame of the building up and running. They're starting to do drywall, and they can walk around in the building, cell service is fine, it's great. They're talk- As soon as all of that glass goes up and the building is encased in its, its shell, nothing comes in, nothing goes out. So you have investment now in pretty much every building in, you know, these coax backbone or fiber backbone distributed antenna systems so that you can get cell service within the building because, you Faraday know, Cage is a, a, it's a nice analogy. There is nothing from the outside or these buildings are designed with that tempered glass so that nothing from the outside is getting in as interference and really nothing from the inside is going out unless it's, you know, designed that way, designed into the infrastructure.
0: Now, I'm not going to lie. I would not have assumed that glass was the reason that cell signal would be weak within a, a given building. I would not have naturally assumed that. What else would surprise people about the industry as a whole?
1: That's a really good question. I'm sitting here trying to like process through 55 different things that jumped in the front of my mind at once. Um,
0: well let me ask you this question. Let me rephrase the question. What challenge is on your plate today? Like what one thing is really in front of mind today, aside from preparing for Bixie and and you know everything that you guys are going to do at these shows. What what what's a big challenge that's on your plate today that you that you went into work thinking, huh, I wonder how we're gonna solve that?
1: So the biggest it's kind of a long answer. The biggest challenge that's on our plate every day is education, right? Because The technology industry has changed so fast. My wife just started a new job this week. She was in Boston for four days during training. And that company started in the 1980s. And she was talking to one of the owners of the company, one of the original founders. And when they started that company in the 80s, the computer that they had, the computer for the company, took 45 minutes to spell check a Word document because you put in the floppy disk that had the Word document and you had a second disk driver that had the spell check program on it. <laughs> and the, you know, the processing power of the PC had to pump back and forth between, okay, this is the line we want to spell check, here's a spell check program. So, as an industry, that was the 1980s, right? That's where we were 30, 35 years ago. So, within our lifetimes. Now you tell that to someone who can run Grammarly or some other similar spell check app on their phone or just have it embedded in their browser and they look at you like you're crazy to kind of hear that story. But that applies across all of technology. Everything has changed so fast. You know, we went from coax to category cabling for infrastructure, from category cabling infrastructure to fiber infrastructure. And then we talk about going from, you know, fiber infrastructure to there are technologies that are being experimented with out there for delivery of signal over power lines for, well you know, like we're talking about with 5G wireless delivery. And Cisco's got a white paper out that assumes that it's, I think it's in excess off the top of my head of 80% of our data by 2022 is going to be video data. So the amount of bandwidth that's going to be required in order to support your network having 80 percent of its data be consumed by video which is you know two three five six megabits per second for any decent quality streaming depending on the device everything is changing so fast that we've entered into not only is there a Moore's law of technology and chips and processing now but there's an equivalent law for how much bandwidth you're going to need and you are projecting that people are essentially going to need to double their bandwidth and their infrastructures every five years, um, you know, like to talk about that analogy of you know, if we had worked as hard since the 80s on cars as what we have on technology and, and cellular communications, we'd all be having flying cars at this point in time. That same thing is is going to apply to bandwidth and infrastructure investment as well. It is just education is the big thing because everything is changing so rapidly and is projected to continue changing so rapidly that just keeping up and helping our customers keep up is one of the toughest things that we have to do on a day-to-day basis.
0: Right now, the teenage me would like to thank you for reminding me that I still don't have a flying car. So (laughs) great. Thanks, Dan.
1: Yeah. George Orwell did not quite predict it.
0: He got a lot of (laughs) things right, but he didn't... He, they missed the boat on that. And you know, you're talking about, it's very interesting that you mentioned the the evolutionary cycle of 30 or 35 years. The changes that you deal with on the, technologic, uh, on the technological spectrum, you're talking three years, a year and a half. While you and I have been talking today, there have probably been two innovations that have come out that you've been keeping an eye on in, you know, in email notifications or in... Uh, news notifications on your phone that I'm unaware of something great that's happened in the last 18 minutes.
1: Uh, there's always something great that I mean I actually listened to a master's in business podcast which Bloomberg puts out on a week-to-week basis and they have some really great guests on some VCS some tech folks and they are expecting one of the big things that we're going to see a ton of innovation in over the next three to five years is is biotech um, A lot of biotech is going to be just going through the roof because of the fusion of what we have now in this big data big analytics yeah you 23 know, and me just sold off the rights for some of the DNA that they've collected in order to uh, help a, make a drug, right? They're going to make a drug out of the, the 23andMe DNA kits that that we've been sending them. Um, closer to home, um, three years is right. I mean, you look at Android specifically, who's a huge player in the market. A lot of set-top boxes are Android-based OS. Um, you know, they, they roll through operating systems. It's three and a half to five years from the time they release one until it's EOL end of support. So, Close to home in the video world, Android and those types of folks, Apple, same thing. The the speed with which we release operating systems and patches and bugs and everything else for operating systems, I mean, you just can't, you you literally cannot keep up with how quickly those those things are changing and and new releases are coming out.
0: You're always getting an opportunity to work on some interesting projects, some new concept. Can you narrow it down to one or two favorite implementations?
1: So the one that we always like to talk about um my favorite implementation to this point is uh, we did the headquarters of a major news organization in the the country and I've had been able to go into their studio and what we're doing with switching them over from an old coax system to an IPTV platform you think of the old coax system that they had and the coax system was you know they had a set-top box from the cable company going into a modulator to make channel 2. set-top box from the cable company into a modulator to make channel 3. And they have this for, like, it's over 70 internal channels. And the same thing for their internal SDI feeds, where everything's being brought in and remodulated. It is a row. It's 10 racks in a row of equipment to feed this analog RF system. And we are right now in the final stages of taking them over. And that is going into two QAMTA IP boxes and two 10U chassis for their internal system. And we're taking what used to be 10U of equipment and investment, heat, everything else that you have to worry about when you're, you're building one a, a data closet. And it's, it's less than a rack. I think it's like half a rack worth of equipment now. Um,
0: now, I have quite a bit of experience in uh, cable trees and zip ties. I love the the manual labor of building a closet or a rack i just love taking that empty space and then filling it with all of the components and then every wire is just routed and run properly you probably don't get to run much cable but are you like me do you derive a certain satisfaction when you see a perfectly organized closet
1: oh yeah we do (laughs) Uh, That's not just me. Everybody within the organization, we are much happier people when you walk into an IT closet and everything is organized, labeled. You don't have to ask questions about well, where's this go? Where's that go? And you know, you've been in the industry long enough. You have, we have seen things that run the gamut from you walk in and it's just you know it's the spaghetti mess of everything everywhere, and you have certain customers that we have a financial agency up in New York. Actually, that is probably the most stringent that I've come across, and they have a spec that any contractor who wants to go in there and do work has to meet that spec, and if you don't meet that spec, you are not allowed to set foot in the building moving forward. So, yeah, it's fun.
0: One of the worst uh, instances that I ever saw, um, there was a, a tech closet, an IT closet that was literally a closet. It wasn't, I'm not talking about a nice technical cabinet, I'm talking, it was a closet, and the um, Wi-Fi router for this small office was in that closet, and... In order to try and improve the reception, whoever had wired that thing had run the cable up through the ceiling tiles and the Ethernet cable was hanging down from the ceiling tile and the modem was hanging from that Ethernet cable and from the AC adapter cable. Those are what were suspending it six feet off of the ground inside that closet. One of the most ridiculous things I think I've ever seen. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's that's wild. I don't have anything to that level with the cabling itself. One of the the craziest IT closet I've ever been in, in terms of where it was located, was at a high school here in Pennsylvania. Um, we were doing a, t- a small TV st- system forum, and we walk into a closet, quote-unquote, to check one of the hubs that was causing a problem. And it is in the equipment room, that is directly adjacent to the high school swimming pool and just the it stuff is caged off in like a four foot by four foot corner um so you you know the chlorine is in there the pool noodles swimming equipment uniforms all that stuff and you're in there in there's no temperature control there there's nothing right and you can't you cannot blame the school for that the school was built in the 50s when like who was thinking about putting together an it closet so when they did these renovations or when they started to build this stuff out, you have to make do with what you have. So there's no, there's not a customer issue, but man, when you're standing there smelling chlorine, listening to kids splashing, you know, 30 feet over, it was surreal.
0: Well, neither of those horror stories are probably uh, something you want to try and achieve this year. Talk to me a little bit about some of the big goals that Z-Band has for 2020.
1: Yep, you know, we're business. So, Goal number one is always to grow, right? To get our name out there more, to make sure that people are more aware of what it is that we're doing. Uh, I think the goal that falls directly behind that is to innovate. Uh, Again, specifically in the video industry, there's a lot of new stuff that's out there. We have HDMI 2.2. We have uh, new DOCSIS standards, new ATSC standards. And we want to look at the industry as it's moving and say, okay, what can we do to make ourselves a bigger part of that. And maybe that's a push into residential technologies. Maybe it's taking what's going on in the new DOCSIS standards and focusing more on you know network-based technologies versus just strict, strictly RF video. Because you know, as we just said, you know, we're moving towards this world where 80% of the data that we push back and forth is going to be um, video data can we find a way to bridge these two gaps? So we want to grow. We want to continue doing uh, what we've been doing well, but we definitely want to innovate and kind of get outside of that shell of Z-Band is a, a video company. We want to be more of a technology company as we end 2020.
0: Now, this is the laziest part of any podcast you will ever be a part of, and that is where I ask you the following. Is there an important question you were sure I was going to ask you today that I didn't? And what's the answer to that question?
1: We didn't ask me how the weather is. Uh, It's actually pretty nice in Pennsylvania today. 45 degrees is a high, which I'll take in January. We didn't do any of the small talk stuff, or at least not on air. We didn't. Um, No, I I guess I assumed uh, that we would take a little bit of a turn into um, Bixie itself and talking about some of the presentations and the speakers that are there getting directly into the conference. So give me just a second because that was something that I had done a little bit of
0: uh, prep work on. Um, Absolutely. Fire away. I'm extremely interested in hearing about that. Yeah.
1: So, Pixie, one of the things about the conference, right, is not only do you have the exhibits in the show floor, but it's just like a VIXA or any of the other major conferences that you have, um, but you have uh, the training sessions as well, and you've got uh, speakers. So, some of the speakers that are there. I mean, they have uh, Joseph Lee from Cisco, who's doing some pretty fantastic stuff and talking about public policy and what public policy impacts we could have on buildings moving forward. Um, There's everything that the that Bixie is doing is about, um, IOT, this internet of things that we live in. And so there's a ton of great, um, speakers that are going to be there for the, I, uh, IOT side of things. Um, and that is really something that we're seeing with, again, aligning this Bixie is, um, wants to be in this ICT, information and communications technology space, uh, probably a session that I'm going to try and find to, uh, find some time to, f- to sit in on is Carl Rosenberg from Extron is doing uh, uh, installing AV in new age collaboration spaces. And this is something that's pretty cool that um, we think about a lot as a company is everyone now wants to dig into these modular environments, right? You want your workspace to be flexible. You've got this whole WeWork concept out there. So AV has changed a lot Um, over the last 10 years because of that. It's no longer you plug in your computer with the HDMI to the TV that's in the room or to the projector. Now everything's, you know, we've seen uh, custom conference tables with HDMI integrations, pop-up mics. There's a a bunch of different stuff that we're doing in new business spaces to allow for greater collaboration. And the sessions that are on that are going to be the ones that I'm probably going to try and tune into the heaviest because that guides what our corporate customers are doing on a day-to-day basis.
0: Well, I know that you have uh, a lot of prep work to get to, so I'm not going to keep you much longer. Um, I'm very much looking forward to having a conversation with you in the post-game once uh, the show is finished. I really want to hear your impressions and and, and get a you know get a a read on what you're thinking once you get all of that new information and have had a chance to actually process it and and assimilate it so i'm going to go ahead and book another conversation with you somewhere in the near future whenever you have the time today it has been my pleasure to have a conversation with dan helfrick he's the vice president for z band technologies dan thank you so much for taking the time today i hope you have a super successful show and i really appreciate this
1: thank you so much john i appreciate your time